feel some resistance in this in the air around that back word but let me help you <laughs> he's the alpha and the omega simultaneously in the present now so we're not taking talking about going back back where you'd have to go through your whole life again to get right to where you are right now but there is a place in the spirit that is the eternal now where you can both keep all that you've learned and the wisdom you've gained and also go running through the fields like you don't have a care in the world. So take me back, back to a beginning. stay right there just keep that current flowing now you can come on down oh I don't ever lose my song there have been times in my life where I have lost it lost it completely um Mm-hmm. 
I'm in a humming, mm-hmm mood. If anybody asks me anything, I'm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was thinking about, um, oh, hi. I was thinking about um, someone said, and I don't remember who it was, but there are places within us, because we are in Christ, because we have the Spirit of God, there are places within us that have been untouched by trauma, by hurt. There are places inside of us, the Christ inside of us has been untouched by those things. And so when I'm singing this song, Take Me Back, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about those moments when I knew that those things were untouched, that that part of me is untouched by the trauma, by the hurt, by the rejection, by the pain, whatever it is that you're feeling. Come take me back to the place where I remember that parts of me have been untouched by that. And that part of me is you on the inside of me. That's the part that's untouched. So that's the part we go back to. We go back to Christ in us. That's it. the light, you know, be light, be alive, and be light. We think so often be light means I'm going to be a light to shine on you so that you know who you are. But we are the light that shines within ourselves as well. That light is inside of us, and it's for us just as much as it is for other people. We can't forget that. And I think we do because we're constantly like, how can I How can I help you? And we forget to go inward and remember that that light also shines on the inside of us. And all morning I've been thinking about that. Help me go back to the place. Because for me, it kind of is back a little bit. It's back to the place where my relationship with him was not complicated. Because I wasn't questioning at the time, right? And I know that there comes a period of time when we need to get there. We need to start asking questions and have a different experience and relationship with God. But there's this place where it was simple and I was so in love with God. And everything that was about God, I was so in love. And I miss that sometimes. So I just want to go back there for a minute, you know, and just remember those moments of just, I don't care what's going on in the world. I just want to be with you. I just want to be here with you. I just want to love you. I want to love all the things that are you and all the things that are about you. Thank you for letting Thank you for sharing. just keeps getting better. It just keeps getting better, Heidi. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to get better this week. Um, I want to speak to you today about uh, how to receive um, this week, how to set yourself up to be a container 
to receive all that spirit would have for you this week as you walk through the days and the practice as the culture in this in in America and around the world is going to be celebrating the same kind of thing okay D dominantly now we have a whole third of the population of 8 billion people who are selling celebrating Ramadan and so they're fasting from, from sunup to sundown, and they have been doing that for the last week. We are celebrating along with some others and the other, other thirds of the, of the population around Passover, around um, Easter. So some of these religions of the world will collide. They kind of over, they cross over each other. But generally, people are focused in a particular way. And when that's happening in the consciousness, it's a neat time because so many people are thinking about the same thing, thinking and driving and focused on the same thing. So it's not necessarily that you have to do all of the things on this, what we would call Holy Week, but I did want, in case you were interested and in case you wanted to participate in what's happening in the ether, I want to set you up in a way that you can receive and can receive all that would be there for you um, within or out of a holy week, okay? This is really how to set yourself up to receive from the Spirit of God um, all of the time. Now, the title of my message is um, one that I am resurrecting from last year. I preached this to you last year um, on this day, on Palm Sunday, and I like the way it sounds because it's memorable. It's behold, beheld, and be healed. This is the construct that I want you to go through the week with. Behold, be held, and be healed. To behold is an older word that means to look, to really get into a sense of awe about something. Not to just look at it, but to see it to really perceive what it is that you are seeing, to take notice, to look up, to get an impression on a deep level. When, I, when we started Lent, we started with the wilderness story. It comes out of Luke, or rather Matthew 4, and if you have your Bibles, you can open to that, Matthew 4. We started Lent with Jesus in the wilderness, and that's really where this whole this thing starts, is a wilderness experience being tempted by the voice of lesser time. Come on. Being tempted by the voice of temporal time. The voice of temporal time, the one that wants to push us and move us into a place of scarcity, the one that wants to, to move us by fear. And that voice is still speaking in the world today, to move us by fear instead of by faith, to move us and squish us and push us toward things prematurely, that's a temptation. Then when you have a legitimate need that's being met in an illegitimate way, that's when you're falling into temptation, when you forget 
who you are in love and that all things have been given to you and all things are for you and all things come from you, that the one is within you and you start acting a fool, okay, out there in fear land, all right, thinking that that there's not enough. (laughs) It's scarcity thinking, you know, we don't have enough. We can't get enough. We'll never have enough. I'm never going to be enough. I'm never going to get enough. I'm never going to get away. And you start to act in ways that meet your legitimacy for purpose and dignity in ways that are outside of uh, love and instead of by fear. Come on, I am actually preaching. Like for right now. I am right now preaching. And so... And one, uh, we started that with the wilderness temptation. But then what I want to bring us to, now that we're coming to the close of that 40-day window of Lent, um, we see two major regimes, okay, um, when our, our king, our king riding on a donkey coming into Jerusalem, um, we see two different regimes in this way. Um, See, Jesus had come into Jerusalem many times before to celebrate Passover with his family. Many of the Jews came from all over the place. <laughs> came from all over. Stay with me, Kelly. I'm with you. I'm with you. Do you have your Bible, your big Bible? Oh, ooh, mama's got the Bible today. Matthew 4. All right. We see Pilate, the Roman regime, comes in from the west into Jerusalem, riding on a big war horse. He makes a big parade. He makes a big deal about him and his government and the way he's going to rule. His oppression comes in from the west. Jesus, on this particular occasion, just just to nerd out a little bit, Jesus comes into Jerusalem but every night, because he's, they're already after him for the teaching that is causing so many to follow his ways and reject their ways, he has to go and hide in Bethany each night. When he comes into Jerusalem, he can't stay the night in Jerusalem. They would come after him. So the chief priests and the elders and the folks, the Pharisees, everybody that's there in that area is watching Jesus' behavior and actions every day and night. Jesus goes out to Bethany and into the Mount of Olives, all familiar with that, and goes and stays the night up in there to hide and then comes back into Jerusalem each time. Well, on this particular day, on Palm Sunday, he comes in from the east Okay, he comes in from the east riding a donkey. Okay, riding a donkey. He is not um, dressed like a king. He's not dressed like a warrior. He's dressed as what Zechariah said, as a humble servant. Remember, he's, he's kind of hearkening back. The people listening to him and watching him would have known the Hebrew text that says, Behold, your king comes riding on a donkey, humble and lowly. So, see, he's kind of, it's an inside reference. It's an inside reference to all the people watching and listening because he's like, Look, I'm doing the thing they said I was going to do. I'm doing it. And, and it's in juxtaposition to the big Rome, uh, the big government. Forget about the, that it's countries. I don't want you to get hung up because this is nothing about any of that. It's about system. 
It's about the big system of oppression and that regime coming in juxtaposed to this reign of God. The reign of God does not look like man's system. Behold. See, this is a vision of the juxtaposition between man's system of power over and oppression and dominance over here and the lowly one that comes under and comes with and comes to support, comes to participate. <laughs> I got really excited because I saw all the things coming together really fast. And so I was like, woo. So Hosanna, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. So beautiful that scene, almost like a parody, almost like a divine comedy. That he is not interested in his own ego. He's not interested in his own way. Jesus comes to participate and co-create. So we're coming, so I want you, so we're there, okay, we're there at Palm Sunday, you're there, you got that thing, and you get how it's so cool juxtaposed to what Pilate and Herod were doing, okay? And we're now, now take us back to Lent because we're coming out of the wilderness as well, and Jesus is showing up into this week, into the public space. Um, I'm in Matthew. Was I in Matthew? Yes, Matthew 4. Thank you. Thank you. Verse 11. Then the devil left him, and behold, come on, somebody say behold. Just get with me on this. Behold, angels came and ministered to him. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been out been put in prison, he departed to Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, so when these writers are writing this, just get with me, let's just get real real. They're not taking notes while these things are happening. Oh, Right, like Yahweh is actually not pinning these words in the moment. So this is happening afterward. This is, this is in recalling what's happening. And you know how when you recall a story and something happened and other events have taken place since the point at which that story happened and then the point that you're retelling it, and in retrospect you start going, oh, wait, that's what they meant Oh, that it might be, Isaiah the prophet actually said something about this. I'm seeing those pieces put together now. I'm seeing those pieces put together. So we see this. So, so that it might be filled, which is spoken by the Isaiah the prophet. So this writer is actually kind of preaching a little bit. Because he's like, oh, we didn't see it at the time. Okay. But now that we've had time to think about it these years later, and now we're ready. This is, this actually makes sense for me. So this is not supersessionism if you're worried about any of that. And this is not anti-Semitic at all. This is not replacing or putting it, our religion in the way of what they already have going on. But if you will see it, if you can see it, 
you can see that these prophecies are related to what's happening with Jesus. Jesus found his purpose and identity in the word. Jesus found his purpose and identity in his Hebrew scriptures. You can find your identity there too. If it's there for you, it's there for you. All right. If it's timeless for you, if it's speaking to you, this inheritance scriptures is what I call them, when they've been actually personally planted in you and that word becomes alive by the spirit, that's something that will help you create your purpose. So Jesus is looking back. In retrospect, we look back. So verse 15, Matthew 4, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. Whoa, so that's exactly where Jesus was. Awesome. Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. I want us to pause there. Are you curious about where that came from? What he's quoting. Go back to Isaiah. All my Bible people now. Come on. Isaiah 9. Let's go back to Isaiah 9. I want you to see this. I want you to see where he's lifting himself out of a text that would be dead and dry without spirit. But he's lifting himself out of a text that he and his contemporaries would have been very used to seeing. So now I'm going back to Isaiah 9. This is so cool. You guys are going to freak out by this. This is so cool. All right, Isaiah 9. All right, you ready? Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed, as when at first he lightly esteemed. Now, this is going to sound familiar. Listen to me. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in Galilee to the Gentiles. Verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the, hand, the land of the shadow of death, which is just an idiom for the distressing ways that it is and how it is to be alive. The shadow of death is an idiom of knowing of what it feels like to be in the human condition walking in the world. Okay, so those who have walked according to the shadow of death upon them upon them, the ones in the human condition, upon them shone a great light. Now listen, just keep going for a minute. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest or like, like when it's harvest time, that's how we're rejoicing. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor and in the day of Midian as in the day of Midian. So he's basically saying the thing that has oppressed you, the yoke that has bound you, you have been broken free from that. This is a time to be breaking free. And it causes joy as if you have just been released from something that has bound you from something you want to do. So those that walked in darkness, sat in darkness, were oppressed and yoked. Those people have saw, seen a great light. <laughs> Listen to this. Y'all didn't even know this was right here. For unto us a child is born. It's not even Christmas. <laughs> Isn't that awesome that it's right there? That we get the story folds in on itself. See how, isn't that, isn't that awesome? The story folds in on itself. Because you think you're at Easter, you're at the triumphal entry, which is a parody. It's a joke. It's not triumphant. When, when your king rides in on a colt. Nobody wants a king on a cold. 
okay? It's a joke. It's not triumphant. It's a, it, it, is a, it is a display of, it's a display of left-handed power. All right? So he, but then, so it's those that sat in darkness see a great light. Those who've walked in the valley of the shadow of death see that their, their deliverance is near. And then we get the Christmas text. Easter and Christmas are in the same chapter of Isaiah 9. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government, not Pilate's government, not Caesar's government, not the government of this world, but the system and the order of things will be upon his shoulders. Na 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 Nothing's gonna let me go. See, the systems of this world are gonna tell you you're separate, you're down, you weren't born in the right class, you weren't born with the right skin color, you weren't born with the right family, you weren't born into the upper class, you're never gonna get ahead, you're never gonna be enough, you're never gonna get out. Never, ever, ever. And then this unto us a child is born, and the government. My way of doing and being right. The righteousness that is of him, says the Lord. His way of doing and being right. <laughs> and that's why I like that. Na, 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 na. When I was singing that today out of that history, I was like just doing it to the devil. Na, 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 na. You thought you had me all wrapped up, tied up. You thought you had me all tied up, wrapped up, all navel-gazing into my own depression and anxiety for the rest of my life. I was just going to hang it up to dry. This 45-year-old was done. It's like, I'm never going to feel happy again. I was never even going to try. Lest I digress, keep me on this text. Come on. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called. increase of his government and of peace there will be no end they said this in the middle of a Roman oppression they said this when all they had to celebrate get with me right now was something that happened hundreds of years ago to their ancestors they heard about being re released from slavery from the land of Egypt they only heard about it they hadn't received it they're in the middle of a Roman occupation they're in the middle of being oppressed I love it when my wife gets excited. It makes me want to preach. I'm like, I'm preaching. I'm preaching. Behold. Behold, house church. Take a look. Take a listen. Now, beheld. Beheld by peace and compassion. A wise person once told me that we will never have peace on earth until we can quiet the waters within our own hearts. We will never have peace on earth until we quiet the waters of our own hearts. Sometimes we are clueless about peace. In Hebrew, the word shalom, this idea of nothing missing and nothing broken. <laughs> that idea of feeling peace. Someone, I heard someone talking about, um, oh, well, this is going to be fun. <laughs> My other notes are completely gone. I have an invoice, but I do not have... I have an invoice, but I do not have my third page of notes. The Lord be with us. Whoo, Jesus. Okay. Oh, but we're only just getting started. Um, 
That's hysterical. So beheld the word shalom. When Jesus asked the, the folks that were with him to go and there's going to be a donkey tied up, go and release him and bring him to me that I might ride on him into Jerusalem for this supposed triumphal entry. I have often, and Hank knows how I want to preach this, I have often felt like the arse that was tied up. <laughs> I have often felt that I was too tied up and bound up to even be let loose. But when the master comes, when Jesus has need of you, when Jesus calls you out of your boundness and calls you out of your being tied upness, there is a way in which you feel held. I don't know how that little donkey felt with Jesus riding on his back. But I know that the way that the Lord does these kinds of things is he draws you to himself. And he wants to show you the compassion and kindness that a shepherd would show a sheep that he loves. Wants to bring you to a place of purpose. Wants to restore your dignity. He's like, hey, little baby colt. They thought that you were just used for this one thing. You thought that it was only for the big horses. <laughs> Selah. Beheld this week. Show your parts compassion. Let the things that have tied you up and bound you up, would you let Jesus come to that space in you and untie you and release that part of you that you have called the arse part of you? The part that you don't want anybody to see. And when you are by yourself, you think about it, and it embarrasses you. Can I just get real, real for a second? The memories that embarrass you. The things that you have done in your past that you just wish you could rewind time. I believe that that is the place that the tender mercy and the loving kindness of God wants to hold you, wants to show you compassion, wants to take the arse part and give it a new purpose. That's what I think happened this week. As you look, as you behold, then I believe that you can be held. As we are held and as we allow the ugly parts of ourselves to come up under the yoke of Jesus. I believe we can walk forward in ways in ourselves, in parts of ourselves we thought were completely unredeemable. I believe in this week, in community, in fellowship around bread, in fellowship around the meal, in making your potluck dish, behold. Behold, behold, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. To be healed.
want to read something to you. <laughs> I'm reading out of a book that I return to over and again called Bread and Wine. Um, a number of different authors write different meditations. It's an old book, but I still find it to be helpful. Um, this reading is called God the Rebel. <laughs> Our faith begins with the bleakness and power which the night of the cross, abandonment, temptation, and doubt about everything that exists. Somebody say about everything that exists. Just say it. Doubt about everything that exists. Our faith must be born where it is abandoned by all tangible reality. It must be born of nothingness. Our faith, house church, no matter where you are, on your walk, if you feel like you can't feel anything, that you're questioning everything, that nothing seems to matter or make sense, it must taste this nothingness and be given it to taste in a way that no philosophy of nihilism can imagine. I want for you this holy week to walk with me in the despairing parts of your atheism. What did I just say? That a good man may have his back to the wall is no more than we already than we knew already, but that God could have his back to the wall is a boast for all insurgents forever. Christianity is the only religion on earth that has felt that omnipotence made God incomplete. Listen to me. Christianity alone has felt that God, to be holy God, must have been a rebel as well as a king. Alone of all creeds, Christianity has added courage to the virtues of the creator. For the only courage worth calling courage must necessarily mean that the soul passes a breaking point and does not break. In this, indeed, I approach a matter more dark and awful than it is easy to discuss. And I apologize in advance if any of my phrases fall wrong or seem irreverent touching a matter which the greatest saints and thinkers have justly feared to approach. Listen to me. But in that terrific tale of the passion, there is a distinct emotional suggestion that the author of all things, the creator of all things, in some unthinkable way went not only through agony, but through doubt. It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. No, but the Lord thy God may tempt himself. And it seems as if this is what happened in Gethsemane. In a garden, Satan tempted man. And in a garden, God tempted God. He passed in some superhuman manner through our human horror of pessimism. When the world shook and the sun was wiped out of heaven, it was not at the crucifixion, but at the cry from the cross, the cry which confessed that God was forsaken of God. And now, 
Let the revolutionists of this age choose a creed from all the creeds and a god from all the gods of the world, carefully weighing all the gods of inevitable recurrence and of unalterable power. They will not find another god who has himself been in revolt. They will find only divinity who ever uttered their own isolation. Only one religion in which God seemed for an instant to be an atheist. We don't have one that has not been tempted in all points as we are. My God, my God, why have you forsaken the text is there for reason. The text is there so you can find yourself a new purpose. The text is there so that you within it can wrestle with the deepest, darkest shadows of death within your own psyche and there find a God who has himself doubted. But if it weren't for you, where would God be? A relationship of the ages, a relationship of the ages, a relationship of the eons is calling to every single one of us and it's happening and it's happening and it's happening. A relationship like we've never imagined. A relationship with the divine that includes you in the participation. Because right after those that sat in darkness saw a great light, in Matthew, picking up in Matthew 4, right after that text, it's from that time on that Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's from that point on, after he was tempted and tried of the devil, after he doubted himself and doubted God, after he became all of us all at one time, he began to say, wait a minute. Change your mind. The king, the, the kingdom, the, the way, the government, the order of all things is within you. The order of all things is within you. The order of all things is within you. The kingdom of heaven is within you. The kingdom of heaven is near. He began to preach a different way. He began to beg of people to say, don't just look out there and say over there God meets people up upon the high mountain, upon the temples of the ages, upon the horses that people want to be seen on. But no, God is seen on the untied colt, the arse that never should have seen the light of day. He's untying us. He's asking us to look up. He's asking us to be held. He's asking you to include all of you. He's asking for your body for you to see it as the temple again. For you to see it as the holy place so that he may heal you. Beloved, this week, behold, in every action that you take, whether it's peeling potatoes or making salad or doing, going to a, another big church service to see what they do, whatever you do, look up. And then be held and let it be held. And let yourself accept a new reality of healing. Let yourself call yourself 
by a different name. By an emerging name. The beloved. Selah. As the children are coming in, I want us to sing a song together. <laughs> 